This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Wealth Puzzle. I'm Tana Pennington with Michael Mansfield. We have a lot to talk about today, so we're going to get right into it. Cool. Yeah, down to business. You know, um, there's so much news. Obviously, I know we made a video in a couple weeks, and I could we could do a whole video on inflation data and the Fed. We could do it on earnings. We could do it on current events. There's so much going on that this is a little daunting. But we wanted to jump on and record a video about uh, what everybody's seeing on the news, right? The, these banks collapsing. Mm-hmm. And, and it really is rather concerning, rather amazing, the things that are going on. You know, when COVID hit, it was uh, the worst pandemic in 100 years. And then inflation hit. It was the worst inflation in 40 years. And then we have a banking collapse, uh, worst bank collapse in 15 years now followed by the worst bit or rather largest interest rate drop in 40 years uh, that's not a bad thing but it's an interesting thing that everything gosh every time we turn on the news there's this chaotic event going on and so so what happened right so number one what everybody's seeing let me plop it up on the screen here um, you know, we, oh, geez. Well, this, this is talking about first Republic. I apologize. I got to find a better article. All my many articles here. Uh, which one's the one? I don't know. Uh, whatever. Close enough. Uh, Silicon Valley. So there, there's a bank, right? It was called Silicon Valley bank, uh, SVB bank up in San Francisco Bay area. Disproportionately helped with the tech industry, disproportionately helped with venture capital firms, startup companies, cryptocurrency. All of that is perhaps relevant and interesting. Um, but what happened? So um, what the bank did in back in 2020, interest rates were collapsing. The 10-year treasury is at half a percent. And these banks wanted to make a little more interest on their money. And so what they did is they put a large tranche of their deposits into long-term treasuries. So long-term bonds, you know, 20, 30-year long bonds. Uh, then what happened? Practically hours later, We have hyperinflation because the government, as a response to COVID, decided to massively print money. Look, at this point, you need the analogy of like medicine, right? You know, if you have a really bad injury and so you take a bunch of morphine, you feel good, right? You feel good. Tana's probably at the club doing whatever she's doing. No. Um, Things are feeling good. Well, that happened, right? We injected money. We gave you stimulus checks. We cut your 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 um, tax benefits uh, or obligation rather. We we extended unemployment. We did business bailout loans. We printed trillions and trillions of dollars. Tan and I talked about this a lot, right? We've gone through the M two money supply, the rapid expansion of money, econ one hundred and one that no government official obviously ever sat through says that you put more money in the system, it will create inflation. So all of a sudden, by the end of 2021, we have hyperinflation, right? Inflation's picking up. It is accelerating. It's the fastest pace in 40 years. It peaked out a little over 9% last summer. And so we have all this inflation. So what does the Fed do to combat that? 
they start raising rates, right? They raise the Fed funds rate. So we had a Fed funds rate that they collapsed during COVID down to zero, which was its own conversation. Then they start massively expanding the rates up, doing those 0.75% rate increases almost every month, it seemed like, since May of last year through the end of the year. I mean, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, there's something that happens. Once again, these are all Econ 101 lessons. I remember learning this crap in school. So it's very shocking that this is a shock to the government when they plan this stuff out. But when you raise rates, it makes the value of a bond go down. In fact, they raised rates so much last year, bonds had the worst year, depending on the bond, in 50 to 100 years last year. Well, guess what was the worst sufferer of those bonds? The long-term ones. Well, what did I just say that this bank bought? The long-term. They put $91 billion into long-term bonds. They lost $15 billion of it last year. And basically, in simplicity, what happened here is there was a margin call. So regulators, the government that regulates banks, they expect a certain amount of cash on a balance sheet. And so those bonds had lost so much value, there was, a, we'll say, a margin call. It's not technically what happened, but it's the good concept. You know, it goes back to the movie, margin call. Um, and they needed $2 billion of cash in order to shore up their balance sheet. Well, they didn't have that. They had to go looking for it. And then the other weird caveat to the story is a few weeks ago, the CEO basically sold 100% of his shares in the company. Now, remember, these guys don't know anything, right? They're like, oh, I had no idea the bank was going to collapse. This is so bizarre. Um, but you add those two things together and you say, hey, we have a margin call on the bank. The CEO's dumping shares. What would you think, Tana? That it was going to go bankrupt. Hmm. Yeah, you think there's a problem maybe? So, okay, so now let's take it a step further. Because, you know, I thought my bank accounts were insured. Well, who cares what the CEO is doing, right? Well, FDIC insurance limits only protect up to $250,000 in an account. These are all venture capital startup firms with giant bank accounts. This bank uniquely had... 97% 97% of its accounts were above the FDIC insurance limits. Wow. They had a massive amount of deposits that were uninsured. So, so we have to take that a step further. You hear the CEO selling his shares. There's a margin call on the bank. You have a boatload of your money in an account that is that is uninsured. What do you do? What would you do, Tiana? Well, Keep it, on the morphine and go to the club? Uh, no, 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 no. Oh. I would... I would definitely want to pull my money out, but that's a Well, and it did, right? Yeah, so in yeah. two days last week, yeah. $42 billion got pulled out of a, a bank that only has $200 billion on deposit. Right. They lost 25% of their accounts basically in hours. And guess what? The money's never really there, right? Does anybody remember It's a Wonderful Life? (laughs) I watch it every Christmas. I love it. It's my favorite movie. And when they're in the bank scene and everybody wants their money and there's the run on the bank, and what what does he say? He's like, well, Tommy, your money's not here at the bank. It's in Joey's house. And Joey, your money's in Susie's house, right? Uh, You know, the money's all leveraged out. So when you pull out $42 billion, you have a run on the bank. And, you know, in two days, the 16th largest bank uh, was able to collapse. And so this is the largest bank failure since 2008 when Washington Mutual went under. Um, Now, obviously, initially, the stock market starts crashing. Everybody starts freaking out. Where's the contagion? Where's the issue? It then gets exasperated. I can't even keep track of all these bank names. Let's see who's next. Um, oh, a crypto. Oh, by the way, all these banks are all somehow disproportionately located with cryptocurrency firms. 
That's weird. Um, so another bank over the weekend, Signature Bank, boom, implodes. F- feds walk in, take over it. And now this morning, you've got First Republic. Mm. Shares are just imploding. So it looks like it might be the next one to go. But when you look at all of these banks, they all disproportionately have high amounts of accounts with uninsured deposits. And so this is freaking all these people out. And they're saying, well, crud, I don't need to get stuck holding the bag here. You look at something boring like Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo has 42% of their accounts are under the FDIC insurance limit. So just mathematically a completely different animal from a risk standpoint, right? Nobody has to be worried at Wells Fargo because a lot of people, almost half of them are well below the limits. There's not a lot of drama there. It's a much more diversified basket of clientele, unlike the Silicon Valley bank that was focused on technology companies, focused on crypto companies, mm-hmm. focused on venture capital. These people have high cash flow needs. They have low profits. They need their money and they had uninsured deposits. So the banking system starts to fall apart, right? Once again, this all starts, I sadly with COVID, government's response to COVID, Fed's response to government's response to COVID. And, and, and here we are. And, and it, it really is shocking because we're at a point where, you know, we've talked a bunch of times on this show in these recordings, and you've probably heard it many other places, is the Fed needs to raise rates in a controlled manner, then wait and see what happens, raise rates in a controlled manner, wait and see what happens. They just panicked last year in the second half of the year, realizing they were too late. They should have been raising them a year prior, and they weren't. And so instead of doing the gradual normal thing, they panicked and did these massive rate increases, trashed the bond market, and now the cause and effect is you, you've destroyed these banking institutions. And, and here we are, the only way that the government can, can keep the contagion from slipping out here is by basically now the government has stepped in since last night and said, hey, we're going we're gonna to insure all of those deposits, even if they're over $250,000. Right. Quite a mess. Dum, dum, dum. So, anyways, there you go. As usual, cause and effect is exhausting. As usual, you know, if the government's response had been mellower, if the government would stop spending money and forcing the inflation issue. But this is a a continuing problem. I mean, just, just last week during all of this. Boom. President Biden brings out and unveils a $6.8 trillion, almost $7 trillion budget. This is more money than, than God has ever seen. I, it, it, is, it is insane that we have a budget this big. Because guess what? We bring in less than $5 trillion in tax revenue. Right. You're like, well, wait a second. That doesn't make any sense. Tana, if you made $100 a year... How much money do you think you should spend or less? I would say 70, $70. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Seems responsible. But if you screw up and you spend 85 by the end of the year, you say, ah, I'm only human. Right? <laughs> but if you say, Hey, I make a hundred bucks a year, Mike, but I'm going, I'm already planning. I'm going to spend 120 just because I want to. Yeah, no, very irresponsible. Like, how long do you personally stay in business? Not long. All right. And so, so the scam here is they do these big budgets. It's totally upside down. It's not even like we're being fiscally responsible out of the gates and then we accidentally spend it. At least when a COVID hits or a crisis hits or a banking crisis, at least we can make arguments that, oh my gosh, we had to spend the extra money just because life happens. But when we're already spending $7 trillion, what happens when life happens? You know, is that going to get us to $8 trillion? 
I mean, this is almost fell over when I saw this last yeah. week. And all of this spending, all it does is it exasperates the inflation. The more government, the money the government spends, the more dollars out in the system floating around, the more inflation there is. It is just so shocking that we cannot get a budget, a balanced budget. Gosh, look at me. I'm just so, like, fired up today. It's very upsetting to me. Um, It's just a a crazy mess. It's a crazy mess between this inflation and the spending stuff. And the government just seems to be like, la, 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 la. No big deal. Um, Well, that was all completely depressing. So on a positive note, let me uh, show you some other stuff, though, that's that's good. Uh, We're supposed to be going into a recession, which is shocking since the GDP estimates for the fourth for the first quarter here at 2.6 percent positive. Right. Recession would mean they're supposed to be negative. So it's shocking that economic data is holding up so well. Um, the other thing that I think is very interesting is we track these things called credits uh, spreads and swap spreads and all of these things. Basically, this talks about credit markets. Honestly, this information is very useful when looking at you know banks collapsing on is this going to be a more systemic issue and really work its way into the economy. Uh, basically, when you look at all these adorable charts, if you see a gray bar on it, that's where a recession hit. And so right now, U.S. credit swaps, the blue line, are on the lower side, they're kind of at the average. They're, they're not even really elevated. We're not worried at looking at that. Corporate credit spreads, once again, the health of corporations, the quality of the assets they have. We look at the spread between high risk junk stuff versus investment grade. You notice both of those things have come back to their trend lines mm-hmm. for you know 30 years. That's pretty healthy. We're, there's no spikes going on at the moment. Junk spreads have come back to the trend line. Once again, none of these things are saying there's that impending because normally you have like you have the lines running up quite a bit to the recession where they're trending down at the moment. It's very misleading. Same thing with investment grade versus high yield CD spreads. Everything's trending down. Mm, junk spreads, blah, blah, blah. I think this is an interesting chart. So I'm going through this quick. Um, People have been talking about how we've been losing purchasing power, people's wealth has been eroding, all of that. That is technically true. Last year, net worth of you, the United States went down like 9%. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the long-term trend of, of net worth in the U.S., uh, this chart goes back to 1950, you'll notice something. All we did is we went back to our trend line. This is still healthy. It's still growing. It's still moving in the right direction. But like anything, things go above trend. They go below trend over time. And so, yeah, we we have had a big pullback with the inflation mess and things of that nature. But we're just back to our really healthy, normal, historical trend. And so nothing too offensive there. Uh, The last one here that that we pulled up was um, people looking for work has declined significantly. So that's its own conversation for a different day. And job openings continue to go up. Granted, there's a lot of different types of jobs, whether that's in a restaurant or or being a fancy certified financial planner or something. Um, But the reality is when you look at this for the last 25 years, basically, it's like the labor market's actually the healthiest it's ever been in a sense. They're, They're really trying to hire. They're really looking for people. Um, you know, they're trying to get up and running. So move that. So to that point, everything's chaotic. Should everyone run out and take their money out of the bank? No. No. Um, you know, at this point, the government has basically created a permanent backstop. If there is more systemic things, if you're with most of the common major banks though, anyways, like the Wells Fargo, um, type banks, a bank of America kind of a thing, there's a lot of clients 
at those firms, there's a lot of accounts under FDI insurance limits. So they don't have the same risk as the, the run on the bank that uniquely is happening to these banks because they had just disproportionately high uninsured deposits. So to that theme, don't be too stressed about it. As usual, it's just the icing on the cake is the next crisis that our government seems to be creating for us. Um, from a personal financial standpoint, the markets are going to eventually go back up here. Actually, here, let me show you this. I thought this was interesting too. Um, it's hard to see here on the screen here, but I'll finish with this. Um, these are year-end price targets for the S&P 500 from all the fancy people. Remember, Tanner and I aren't fancy people, right? I drive a Toyota truck and she drives a Ford. I do. So, you know, these people probably drive nicer stuff than us. Um, Sam Stovall, the, the top guy here, year-end price target right now is almost 4,600 on the S&P. Remember, it's at 3,800 right now. That's a big move up. CFR, I mean, that guy's been around a long time, highly intelligent. Another guy that I find extremely intelligent, been following him for 20 years almost, Brian Belsky. Mm -hmm. He's got a year-end price target of 4,300. You'll notice something, pretty much every single one, except the very bottom one, Barclays at 37.25, is above where the S&P is right now. Right. Yeah. I don't, you know, no one knows where the market's going to go, but the market, I think what they're trying to say here on this, on this sheet, when they run this estimates is the market is forward looking. Things stink right now. There's a lot of drama right now. There's a lot of noise right now that needs to work itself out. But as it works itself out, all of a sudden the market's looking forward at the end of the year. It's looking into next year and, and the skies, the clouds part a little bit and the sky's getting a little bluer. So we need to maintain our perspective. Yeah. Sell at the bottom, you sell at the top. Um, so to that theme, we just need to be a little patient and, um, you know, we're going to find out a lot more information actually this week, tomorrow, last month's inflation data comes out. If it's better than la the previous month, then all of a sudden we're back to the races. If it's bad again, we'll see what happens. Uh, next week, we're going to hear from the federal reserve on if they're going to raise rates again. Ironically, this whole banking mess might be the reason that they don't now. Mm -hmm. So the feds broke something. And those were the two reasons why they'd stop raising rates. Inflation comes down or they break something. Well, right. I define this as something got broke. So we'll see what happens in a week or two here. So anyways, any of our, uh, anybody got any questions, thoughts, opinions, concerns, curiosities, just call us 805-500-7035. Our website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. And everybody have a great day and toodaloo. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lynn Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lynn Group LLC. The Lynn Group LLC and the Lynn Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lynn Group LLC the Lynn Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.